Yeah, welcome to the Jesus Walks podcast. And uh, today it's about discipleship. And uh, as you see, we have a guest joining us. Welcome, Helena Kashim. And uh, you are in uh, Uppsala, just north of, north of Sweden. No, north of Stockholm in Sweden. That's uh, how we will say it. And the Marxists, you're in Riga as usual, and on Jakob in Bergen, and me, yeah. Martin. I'm sitting down south of Gothenburg today. And um, yeah, we, we said that a couple of year, weeks ago when we planned, and we said, yeah, shouldn't it be nice to have someone uh, coming and we could interview someone about discipleship and uh, see what we can learn and so on. And we, we chat back and forth and then uh, I forgot it, but uh, someone reminded me or the rest of us uh, last week and we said, yeah, we... we um, we will have a guest. And then we thought about you, Helena. So really glad that you are joining us. And um, I will just give a short intro why we invited you. And then you're going to share a bit about your journey of discipling, making other people. And uh, then we will uh, yeah, continue the conversation. But we, we uh, got to learn, we met almost 20 years ago now, actually. And we worked together. Uh, in several different uh, organizations, actually, or two, two different. And uh, we've been in the same elders board in, in, um, in the church that I was leading. And uh, then you and your husband and a couple of other families uh, were sent out into a, um, a bit rougher uh, area uh, in, the, in our city. And you were there um, in order to... to plant the gospel among um, people with a Muslim background. And uh, you were there for a couple of years. And then now since a few years, you are living in a suburb just north of Uppsala. And you are leading a a house church or a simple church there as well. So um, that's a bit about your background. You will share about the discipleship part, but that's... uh, why we invited you and, and think it's really interesting to hear what you have learned over the years. So, um, yeah, please, if, if the, the, the first question is, can you tell us a bit about your like, disciple, discipling history uh, and what you have learned about that? Yeah, thank you for the introduction and thank you for having me. Um, yeah, if I... Uh, it's always hard to know sort of when when does the journey start. But if I just look back from when we moved to this area, or sent out uh, to this area uh, where we had a, a longing to, to plant the seed of the gospel, just as you said, and make disciples. Um, we moved there, and and I guess always when you're starting something new or you're moving to a, a place, you need to start thinking. You know, how do we do this? We had a lot of theories, a lot of thoughts. Uh, but how do we actually, you know, set about doing it? Um, and thinking back, I would say we we started off focusing a lot about a uh, lot on on theory. Um, we talked a lot about what will happen if uh, it was a lot of ifs. Uh, you know, what if uh, this and this many people, you know, come to faith? How will we handle, you know, if we become this many? Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, sort of potential problems or challenges that we. Uh, hadn't faced at all. I mean, we had just moved there. Um, 
And we were also very focused at the beginning, I would say, on, uh, on also sort of the group, forming a group. What would the group look like? How would we deal with conflict, you know, before we weren't even a group? Um, and I would also say we started off uh, thinking back that we also wanted sort of to control. We wanted to know, um, uh, almost sort of control what was happening. When do we start? When we start talking to someone, sort of what's the next step and the step after and the step after. We wanted to see, you know, everything from the beginning to the end. Um, so thinking back, I think that's what we came with, um, a longing, a heart, uh, but uh, more theory than experience. Um, so uh, we were a group of uh, six adults that, that started sort of fellowshipping and we had the same heart and we, we prayed, of course, together. We talked uh, and networked with other people who had gone before us um, and, uh, and read books. And, and I think by doing, starting to doing this, we also need, realized kind of quickly that we need to be practical. I mean, this won't happen. We won't see anyone... <laughs> you know, turning them, you know, giving their lives to Jesus in this living room. I mean, we need to, you know, go out on the streets. Um, and, and I think the great thing about those years, uh, it was, big, it was all eight years altogether. It was, I think that we, we tried everything, like everything we could think of. Uh, and we met a lot of different people with, you know, a lot of different theories on how you make disciples. And we just, we just sort of, you know, when you just, you dive in and you just, We'll try everything. We'll see what works. So we, you know, we knocked on doors and, and handed out, you know, the Jesus movie. We, we prayed for people on the street. We, you know, went for, you know, prophetic walks and God showed us people. We stopped them and said, hey, can I, can I pray for you? Or God just gave me a picture and, and you know. Uh, we prayed for, um, you know, asked people we could pray for healing. And we, um, we tried to, you know, just find person, the person of peace. Uh, we had a few tried to get to know people through their natural networks. It was um, uh, sometimes it was uh, someone in the group, you know, played football with the young, the other adults, and that was a way to get to know people in the area. Uh, we did a, tried a little bit of um, joining, you know, um, like uh, homework. You know, like you can you can support someone who is new in the country with you know like homework aid and just trying to sort of how do we get to know people and and uh, we practiced um, practiced a lot we practiced uh, for example spiritual conversations that was something we realized like the first step I think was prayer felt natural for us so that we could sort of grasp that and you know going around and you know handing out the Jesus movie to people um, and, and then sort of the the next step was just how do we get to know people in this area? And, you know, we all had really uh, small kids at that time. So we went to playgrounds. Um, but then the next step is, well, okay, I, I've met people in the playground. So, so what, you know, what's the next step? So then we started practicing. Um, how can I make uh, an ordinary conversation, a spiritual conversation? And then uh, if I've taken that step, uh, how can I, from that, share my my uh, my you know my story, my what Jesus has done in my life, or how can I share a Bible story, uh, and how can I share the gospel? Um, so I would say we did a lot of practice. Like when we met as a group, as a core group, we practiced. We we read the Bible and we said, 
who can retell the story uh, and how would you retell it with your own words and how can, uh, what would this mean to someone that you would meet in the street or how would you share your your faith or your 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 story um so that was um that was a lot of practice and i think uh, in all of this we also started god started focusing or and shifting our focus from uh, uh more and more toward you know the harvest the, the I mean, we were aware that that you know, Jesus says the harvest is is ripe, you know, and, and you know you can, uh, people are ready to receive. But I think we, it was all almost a little bit terrifying a step to think that our group would not grow by by Christians that would move there. Uh, so we kind of kept we didn't want to be too official because we really wanted the, the people that would join that would be um, new believers, mm-hmm. uh, and just focusing on on. Uh, and sort of trusting God in that, that he will, will send people to us. Um, and I, I would also say that we, something we learned as well is just um, connecting with other people, other Christians, with other gifts, um, and just the synergy between gifts. Uh, uh, when, you, um, uh, when you have... Uh, Maybe more of a shepherd person working, you know, with a, an, a person with an apostolic gift. You know, the 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 synergy that could come, or the you know the prophetic and the apostolic, and, and just the synergy. And we've seen that a couple of times that that can work really. If we find teams that would work like that together, that's just also just really a powerful way to work and bless each other. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit of sort of our journey from. I, you could, I guess, you could sum it up from being very much focused on what's going to happen later, mm-hmm. in theory, to being very practical, practice, and nice. focusing actually on now, uh, mm-hmm. what's happening mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I uh, can you describe a bit the, like the just the setting of this neighborhood or this uh, this part of the city that you you moved into because that's. Uh, uh, I think it's also good um, mm. background into the setting. Yeah, uh, yeah. This area is one of those. Um, uh, it's an area with a, a lot of uh, a larger population that were have the roots from um, outside Europe, Middle East, Northern Africa. Um, a lot of people in um, um, social economic, you know, uh, just challenging socioeconomic situations. Um, uh, a lot of drugs. You would see, you know, people just selling drugs uh, on the street, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of um, criminals. A lot of the young, like that's where a lot of the gangs uh, recruit. You know, the the, the young kids um, uh, give them money to uh, to do, you know, sell sell drugs or or you know, handle guns or whatever. So a very, uh, in many ways, I would say, you know. It would describe as sort of a you know, deprived area or a challenging area, and of course it is and was in many ways, uh, but also an area um, with a lot of nature close by. Uh, so it was also it was a, it was an interesting mix of of different people and and some Swedes that moved there because it was close to the area and a cheap you know you could live there cheaply. Uh, and it was a small community, so you, uh, if you, uh, if you lived there, you got to know people. Just you know, you would recognize people, you know, when you went grocery shopping or something. 
Um, and for us specifically, God opened the doors to uh, a few communities, which were in themselves very sort of tight. They, uh, so we were sort of let into a few groups. It was a real blessing. Uh, and of course, I think also something that was uh, a lot of people in this area needed a lot of help. You know, it was it was people were they were new in the country, they were unemployed, they were. Uh, you know, battling um, addictions or, you know, just struggling with things, um, which which meant, I think, that both that we learned that you can't, you have to be wise when you, um, you can't, you can't meet everyone's needs, you know, that we won't, we won't suffer for that, you know, we, it's not possible. Um, but also, uh, I would say that people generally were, um, especially our Muslim friends, of course, were, you know, they were willing to talk about God, you know, or thought it was interesting uh, with us that, you know, actually, um, uh, you know, we're, uh, so we were religious. Uh, I remember one, a friend of mine, she got to know this uh, family and uh, this woman, they were very strict Muslims and the woman wasn't allowed to, to walk outside um, without her husband. So she was very isolated in, in her home. Uh, but my friend, who she'd lived in a in a Middle Eastern country, and she was uh, her the husband for different reasons understood that she was a religious person, so she was let into their home and became this woman, this woman's only friend, and she was able to share, you know, share the gospel with this woman, and um, just realizing, you know, we were trying to flee away from the word religious, um, but just realizing that in in other people's ears it was beautiful that you were religious you know you were um obedient you know or whatever you know the words so a lot of um a lot of really wonderful people we met um and got to know you know culture and religious beliefs and just really made some really great friends um during those mm. years yeah if we if we go to the area of, of discipling people mm -hmm. and uh, um what different kind of uh, settings have you have you done that in, and what what are your experience in in trying to discipling people in different settings? Yeah, um, I would say we've used uh, our our home or other people's homes mainly, um, but also cafes uh, or general sort of depending a bit on where the person would be comfortable. Uh, but when we used to live in that, the area that we used to live in, it was often easiest for people to come to our house um, for different reasons. Uh, for example, it was, it was um, my husband read the Bible with a number of <clears throat> Muslim men, and then it, was, they, it, wasn't, it wasn't possible for them to be in their own home, so it was our home then. Um, but then... Uh, but also just, yeah, wherever it's sort of, wherever it's a sort of a natural habitat for that person, I would say. Uh, mm. A cafe, uh, I'm doing, a, uh, I'm having a, I have a discipleship group with the women now, and we are actually in a church, which is, it was a struggle for me, not for them. <laughs> because I, I was sort of, I was wondering, you know, sort of what's the implication? This sounds, maybe it sounds ridiculous, but I really wanted to keep it, that was what I was used to, you know, to keep it in a home environment, but I realized for them, um, it was wonderful to, uh, to be in a, an environment 
which they found very uh, calming. And, you know, it was not their home. It was a place where they could relax. And so just, I think, wherever God sort of leads. Um, mm. um, yeah. And we've, uh, yeah, so that, I guess, about the settings. And we've uh, we've done work both with, like, one-on-ones a bit, but uh, uh, a, lot of, a lot of times often in groups. Um, and we've often asked people, um, what we found during uh, these years uh, was that it was great in the area that we lived. It was great to ask people if you start a spiritual conversation. It was great to ask, um, not do you want to um, learn more about God or something. We actually just asked, do you want to read the Bible? Uh, uh, okay, do you want to read the Bible with us? So I don't. Th- the Bible became, I would say, the Bible and prayer became sort of the tools or whatever you would use. But, you know, we are, I guess, the tools for, for discipleship making. And it was great to always ask people, do you want to read the Bible together? We can read, you know, we can read stories of hope, for example. Or we can read, mm. um, do you want to read, uh, can we read, uh, you know, Creation to Christ? We can just, you know, try to see the, the red line in the Bible. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Would you say that it's, um, is it, uh, to to in, ask people, do you want to read the Bible with me? Is that do you see? Is it l- as openly for like a, a Muslim lady, like a, a Swedish man, or uh, um, yeah? Is, is it different in different cultural groups with that, or or do you find that it's uh, it's more individual how they respond to that question? Um. That's a good question. Uh, I think I've, I've, we've asked in all of those categories and we've received both yes and no. Um, probably depending sometimes upon if you feel, um, I guess it depends on, if, I mean, if for a Muslim, if you, um, both the intent that I have, but also the, um, uh, where that person comes from, you know. Uh, I think the, the group that I've found uh, where I've had not really use in different sort of inputs, been with uh, the sort of the middle class uh, Swedes, um, where they have an an idea and an experience of church, mm-hmm. <clears throat> where the Bible's been. They've had to discover the Bible from another angle, um, more you know maybe start discovering. Uh, well, the stories of hope, but also, you know, the poetic side more of the Bible that you're used to, you've been taught. Um, uh, you've been taught maybe not to ever question anything, or you've been taught, you know, you've, you've, you've seen a lot of religion, and then mm-hmm. it's, been, it's been more, it's been better to, to, uh, you know, to start with uh, spiritual questions, you know, generally, mm-hmm. like... Um, but I mean, if it, if someone's uh, a Christian, if you you know if you're given your life to Jesus, I would say uh, that the Bible you need. I mean, one of the first things you need to know is that the Bible is you know the Word of God, and you need to you need to read the Bible. I mean, so that's so important uh, um, to I think to uh, to start there, and you you know not read a book about the Bible, but actually read the Bible. So. 
on this on this question, Helena, uh, if you could maybe unpack uh, a bit on when you say spiritual conversation and this kind of uh, maybe some I don't know a story or like uh, some examples yeah. how that has gone and even this connecting point to like uh, Bible, you know, uh, for some it might seem like two opposites, you know, the religious and the spiritual oh, these days. Yeah. I know if you have any experience in terms of like yeah, just practical examples or uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say um, that's it's a good question. Yeah, I would say one way to leading into spiritual conversation has been just you know uh, you can um, you can retail the um, you know the core message of a Bible story, for example, um, and just you know for example we practice the you know stories from the Bible and would you could say that you know I read this today and I just think it's this is so profound. Um, and um, that could be one way of starting spiritual conversation. Uh, a friend of ours, he always, um, always, but he often asked at work when he was having lunch, he asked his colleagues, so do you believe in God? You know, an open question, a way to, mm-hmm. uh, to just uh, start a spiritual conversation. Um, and then I, I tried to think that I, I'd like to, um, uh, I'd like to make God as you know natural. If people tell me, you know, my my foot is hurting or I have my my back, you know, to remember to be able to to pray, that could start off a, a spiritual conversation or just you know sharing, um, you know, oh, our friends are coming over tonight and uh, you know we're reading the Bible and um, or you know, oh, I was so uh, I was so stressed out last week and I you know I took some time in prayer and I just love the way. Uh, that I just, I feel, you know, that God spoke to me or, you know, I was in this, just mm-hmm. sometimes I think just making sure that, that, you know, I talk about my spiritual life as trying to make it natural in conversation with other people. I find that that often, uh, if I do that without requesting that they need to, um, it depends on, I mean, if I'm now, I, I think I'm thinking about sort of, secular Swedes uh, that often have a relationship to institution institutionalized religion I find that's good because it throws them off a bit they would like to know so what's your standpoint on this and this and this and this and I just try to be more sort of maybe just sharing and not requiring something from them um, but with our Muslim friends it's been just great to say you know you can be much more straightforward you know uh, so, do, you know, just ask. I'm curious. Do you pray five times a day? Okay. And how do you, uh, how do you, um, have you been to, uh, you know, I don't know, just sort of what's your view on religion? I think you can just be much mm. more straightforward and just say, you know, I'm a Christian. I, I believe in God. I, I, you know, do you have, have you read the Bible? And uh, my husband more than I, he, I mean, he read the Quran uh, as well. So he could just say, you know, oh, have you read this? Or, you know, just be more, um, and with Muslims, you know, they often have a spiritual interest. There's a spiritual connection and you, it, it's interesting to talk. So my husband had one of the, uh, we had two men that were actually just, uh, one of them, we started off helping him with his homework. He was new in Sweden. And that sort of led to really great spiritual conversations just from his, he was just sharing his struggles in life. And we just said, can we pray for you? And uh, God answered his, you know, the prayers, and he could just see that, you know, God was moving in his life, and and we got to share, you know, 
story. So when you have, we have dinner with people, you know, you invite people to your home, always make sure you pray and you just say, can we, it doesn't have to sometimes just, you know, can I just pray God's blessing over your life, you know, or, uh, you know, we, um, we've done a lot. We actually did a lot of parties when we lived in this area. Uh, and I thought that was a great occasion, you know, for Chris, at least in Sweden, for Christmas and Easter, it's sort of socially acceptable to share a little bit about the historical <laughs> reason for the holiday. So that was also a way of leading into spiritual conversation. You know, you know, welcome to our dinner. It's, you know, it's Easter and we're Christians. So uh, there, I just wanted to share why we celebrate Easter. And you just, you share that and that can sort of open up for people to, it sort of sets the tone. It's okay to talk about spiritual things here. I don't know. Did that... Did it answer your question at all? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, it's just very good to hear yeah, these practical yeah. tips. And mm -hmm. I think for everyone yeah. like listening and watching, it's so great to yeah. Yeah, just hear different dimensions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Maybe I can just uh, follow up on you, Marcus, a bit. Because mm -hmm. you, uh, you mentioned about like reading the Bible together with, with the people and maybe particularly also people with Muslim background. Like I think... Um, for many of us today in our countries who encounter many people coming from, from these regions, you know, and then you're supposed to engage and talk and you, maybe you don't understand fully the culture and everything. But I think like the Bible is um, such a great help. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I remember um, some time ago we had like one of these types of very informal Bible studies in our home. We did just like you had, you said, you know, we just had asked one uh, Syrian Kurdish uh, young man and a Chinese young man <laughs> if they wanted to come uh, every week to our home one particular evening and uh, eat together. My wife's uh, like a chef. She makes nice food and, and we were just together. And then we read something from the Bible each time. And to my surprise, when we started to dig into the Bible, mm -hmm. the guy would, I think, the guy that kind of understood the most in a sense of the text was the Syrian guy, mm -hmm. the Kurdish guy with Muslim background, you know, because yeah. he comes from a, a region that is so close to, to the geographical Israel. Mm -hmm. So in his culture, he had so many things that he had heard from his grandfather mm -hmm. and father, and he mm -hmm. didn't even know that it came from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And also things he understood from the culture that we from the West mm -hmm. never understood actually yeah. before. But he just, ah, it means this and this. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> and then actually in the end, also the Chinese guy, he also had like this revelation that the faith was also for him because he came from the East. So he mm. understood that the book is, is more Middle Eastern, comes from the East and, and, and even like concepts there that connected to things in his culture. So uh, I've had like the experience of the Bible kind of helping me when I don't mm. fully understand how to communicate mm. because it comes from somewhere else in Europe, yeah. actually. Mm. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Great. I was thinking, Helen, about um, <coughs> um, you said now that you have, you're meeting people like in groups and so on, mm -hmm. and sometimes one on one. Uh, what kind, how do you like define the groups? Is it, is it like Aunt Jacob with a Muslim, a Syrian, and a Chinese guy, or is it more, uh, uh, group with similar people, same sex, or is it very broad groups? Or what's your experience of, of how to how to form groups for making disciples? What, what have you lear learned about that? Um, 
I think I've learned, we've learned mostly that you can, it's, it's been hard to control sort of, Mm -hmm. it's been, it's sort of been what it's been. And that's been sometimes I I think a grief, but some groups have just, you know, they've just suddenly there's a group. We don't really know Mm -hmm. just, you know, there's a group. And sometimes that groups just, it dissolves for different reasons. And it's sometimes, you know, just, you can't really own it. Um, uh, you just have to sort of be happy that you're part of someone's journey. But uh, uh, and I guess it, it depends a little bit on the, as I said before, I'm, I'm part of a, a group of just women. Uh, we're just, we're women, we're from the same background, we're very, um, you know, we speak the same language, sort of, it's very easy. Uh, but I would say the most fun groups has, oh, I love that group, so that's fun. But I mean, the most sort of some, the groups you can long back to that we don't, we, they're not, they're not, uh, they have dissolved for different reasons. It's been the groups where, you know, they just sort of, you know, someone's like, oh, we met someone and they want to, you know, study the Bible. And uh, well, at one point, our, our neighbor, who uh, she was a 16 year old, and she's like, oh, I, I've shared the gospel with a friend. We discipleship trained her. And so she started sharing the gospel with a friend that, gym and she's like can i can i bring him to your house because i can't really do this at my house Uh, and we said yeah sure so it just a group just appeared and we just started to you know and we we read the bible together and it was just a wonderful time of just it was just a mix you know of cultures and um I guess if you i mean there's always there's always going to be you know specifics if someone's um i wouldn't mix like a uh you know, uh, with our Muslim friends, we've always done it, you know, same sex. Uh, mm. uh, and usually more one-on-one there. Um, but we've done group with, you know, with Christians and non-Christians and just, and that's been a great, uh, it's been a great mix with the dynamics. Uh, we've tried to, um, we've tried to work from three principles, like in all the groups that we, that we lead. And that's been, uh, uh, obedience, uh, a mutual participation, and uh, reproducibility. Uh, and I, I would say we try to we try to always make sure we we have those principles as a way of uh, wherever you are, sort of on your journey with God. I mean, if you if you follow Jesus, or if you haven't started to follow Jesus yet, I would say. Um, and I guess the obedience part, when, you, when you're Christian, that, that got, you know, you have to, uh, that's, it's Jesus you obey, of course, and, you know, mm-hmm. the word of God you follow. And so, but even before that, just to uh, help people asking, or you can ask the question, you know, when you read the Bible, well, if this is true, how would it affect your life? Uh, and, uh, and also, um, we have, right now we have a friend who, uh, who comes to our house and, and um, he's from a Muslim background and he has, uh, for, you know, studying the Bible with him, uh, when it comes to obedience, it, one of the questions that, that, you know, keeps coming back for him is, well, is this something that God expects me to do? Or is mm. this something that God, you know, expect, expects of me to, to think or, you know, whatever. Um, and what we found here, it's that obedience is often it's often the most difficult for people who are already Christians, you know, have been for some time. We had uh, just one example of that. We were talking about uh, forgiveness uh, uh, in one of in one of the groups. And, you know, the challenge that Jesus just says, you know, you will forgive. Uh, or, you know, I want you to live in forgiveness. And um, 
I would say that when I've, I've read that with people who are new in, in the faith or, or not Christians yet, they, they just sort of accept that, mm. you know, as something wonderful, as you says that, you know, always forgive. But uh, just remember this, uh, a few Christians, and they were just, but, but, you know, if this happens, and they brought up all these horrible situations, not that they'd been in them, you know, just horrible situations. How could you forgive, you know, and just awful atrocities? Um, and I think that's a challenge um, with Christians. You know, you, you, you might make it, uh, you might make what's really actually very practical. And of course, it's difficult in one way, but also just very simple. You make it very theoretical. Mm. Uh, and I think you have to help people sort of steer away from that and just, but, you know, just listen to what Jesus says. Mm. And then with the mutual participation, um, that's something we found very very, very important, uh, and just, or it depends on sort of what, what you want to see, the outcome, but if you want to see, if the outcome is you want to see a disciple that uh, feels um, that he or she is, you know, able to uh, share the gospel or read the Bible with someone else or pray or, you know, uh, you know, the kind of disciple, I guess you would say, you want to see, uh, then I think it's important that when we read the Bible with people, our, our job is not to be the expert, but, the, you know, we trust the Holy Spirit uh, uh, and that just, uh, you know, helps the, the person being discipled to feel confident in that he or she can actually, they can read, the, you know, the Bible and they can understand things or they can just make it very, I think if you come, if you come into the Bible study to theoretical it's going to feel very distanced but i think the bible really wants to speak into our lives you know our everyday lives very very concrete very uh, it's not a theoretical thing it's 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 here and now it's how i will act tomorrow with my friend or whatever um uh, and also the reproducibility i think is is important uh, just you know how we equip people uh, and that we help people from the beginning see that if if we want to see people continuing to share and we want to see a movement we have to help them start with that when it's you know okay we read this today so who can you share it with or or you know how will it how will it affect your life how you know what are you going to bring with you from now from today so we just we try to um we just try to be sure we have those principles uh, with us when we really, you know, uh, whichever group we were part of. Um, yeah. Can I, I just, like we are kind of passionate about this disciple movement mm -hmm. thing. You know, we see it with Jesus. And so Helena, I just wanted to ask you if, if, uh, if some of us would be, or some listening today would be in a situation where, they are part of already an existing uh, church mm. and either the whole church or their little community or small group is in a place where it's mainly kind of people who have been Christian for a while and mm. this outreach is not happening so much. But then there is this longing for that to happen, mm. right? What do you think is, is the best way to, to make that transition? Uh, you have some thoughts on that. It's a very classic yeah. challenge. Yeah. I know it's more from yeah. a leadership perspective, maybe, but I think yeah. it still can relate to even yeah. just you have a small group and it's a little bit inward focused, yeah. but you actually have a heart to reach people. So w what steps can we take then? That's a, this is like a, the, the million, dollar, million dollar question, I guess, in one way. But yeah, I think if you have, I would say 
foremost. Like if people, if we're talking about just the people actually have a longing to do this, it will make things easier because you got, I think you need to, oh, we found my husband and I that it was, I mean, God had to start, you know, with a transformation of our minds. We had to one, you know, we had to read the Bible, you know, take off our, our glasses and read the Bible with new eyes or, you know, just be open to that. But then I think just um, taking taking the steps that would be maybe to start with baby steps. Uh, whenever you meet, uh, maybe start sharing, you know, we try to always have a focus, like an inward focus, an upward focus and an outward focus. So maybe if there is an existing like a Bible or, a, you know, like a fellowship group, maybe you can start by, um, you know, what steps can this each person in this group take till the next time we meet? Maybe can you share what we read today or can you pray for someone? Pray, you know, pray for the networks you have and ask God to show, you know, what person, what people can I, uh, you know, share the gospel with? I think if you focus more on planting the seed of the gospel, um then because uh, i think that's what we did in the beginning you know, you want to you want to see the bigger picture but i think if you just focus on like oh i actually have a colleague that i think would be interested oh i will i will start praying for that person and starting to share the gospel with that person and then if the group's open to it you know talk about that can we invite people to our group or or how do we do that should it, it is, is it, you know maybe it's better if i if i talk to my colleague maybe i should ask if i can do a bible study with him or her in their house or in my house and just, but I think just taking the baby steps and seeing are there barriers here that I could, um, uh, that I could take. I heard, uh, I was listening to uh, Dave Patty uh, and I, uh, this, this fall that I think has a great sort of message on how you can, um, um, you know, just take steps on, you know, breaking barriers when it comes to, to sharing the yeah. gospel. Yeah. Mm. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah. It's very helpful. Very great, uh, great, great answer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 question. But just to s- sum up uh, what I'm hearing is you say mm. kind of uh, walk with those who have the same type of longing, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe yeah. instead of trying to push everybody to do something they don't understand yeah. why they should do or don't want to do, but you, you find those with the same longing yeah. and then you, you go to God and you also get very practical about mm what you have in front of you instead of mm-hmm. only dreaming about big picture and then see how things can develop. Like that's yeah. what I'm hearing a bit. But, yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue. No, I just, I have, a, we have a, a few friends of ours that we walked very closely with for a number of years. They, they were actually sort of on, they weren't really, uh, well, they had a heart, but they, there was so much fear for different reasons. They had a, a very, a very tough situation in their family with uh, sickness and just health issues. Uh, and we had to, we just got to see, you know, a development something God did, did in their lives where instead of thinking, you know, I have no time and I have so much pain in my body or that, you know, just all these, they had, I mean, like real issues that would, you know, everyone would be like, Oh, don't, you know, don't, don't think that you ever have to share the gospel or do anything, you know? Um, but God really put a longing in their heart and really, uh, and just gave them the opportunity. It was just, it's beautiful to see now how they, how they live a life with, you know, it could be that, you know, uh, the woman there, she says like, you know, I have, uh, you know, a kilometer now, uh, that I, I have to walk. And Jesus, I would love to witness or pray for someone during this kilometer, but this is all I have today. Cause I, I, you know, her life is very, she's very, um, has to, 
rest a lot because of sickness and then just just send someone you know her way and she can just uh you know pray for that person or witness for that person it's just i i think their lives it's such a, a testimony of you know that it's actually it really is god and god's power working in us it's not it isn't about me being strong or it's just but you have to you have to take a few steps you know you know praying the pray god can you send someone that i can pray for can i and I witnessed witness for someone. And this family, which is beautiful, they, they got to lead uh, two years ago. They got, to, uh, they got to know a man. And, they, um, and from being very sort of unsure or insecure of themselves as disciples, they had grown and they witnessed for this man. And they led him to Christ. Uh, and he was baptized. And um, he's still, you know, he's still struggling because he, he's in prison now because he's old. Uh, you know his past, uh, uh, but he they keep on you know discipleship training him you know in person, and it's just wonderful to see how they how they've grown uh, mm-hmm. uh, as disciples, and and this of course this new person, new believer in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I was just thinking about your question, uh, on Jacob, about w- what do you do when when you have a, a big longing, but you you don't really in a in a setting where where he's sharing your longing, and I just um, mm. got reminded about um, yeah, mm. a friend uh, called Dietrich Schindler lives in Germany, and he says that you you yeah. should try to find the fat people and work with them. With fat is then not fat, but F, F is the faithful one, <laughs> A is the available, and T is the teachable. Mm. So you yeah. find those who are f- uh, fat. And then you you you're going alongside them, and I also think it's a challenge for us, asking: Am, am I faithful? Mm. Uh, do I am I a good steward of what I have received? Am I available? Like on this kilometer walk, mm. am I available, or am I just listening to my in my earpods, or yeah. uh, or right. am I teachable, or do I think that I already got uh, know everything and and I got it, or uh, am I? Teachable. I, so I think those also are, are good um, add-on to the attitudes mm. to find the, the fat people and, and to work with them. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, um, time flies when you're having a good time, they say, and uh, that's uh, that's true yeah. today as well. Uh, yes. Do we have uh, any? Uh, do we have yeah. any more comments or questions, or, or before we wrap this up? I just would like uh, Marcus. Go- no, no, no. Marcus, my brother. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you, Helena, for uh, joining up. It's really nice. Uh, I mean, for me, both the cross-cultural aspect, which is deep, and but also on the, that you are so like practical, and that we get into the practice. And I think this uh, how to give the gospel on and how the, this discipleship movement can happen is really like this passion so i think this was one step and we're going to keep on acting on it and also working on it like this mm. so thanks a lot thank mm. you okay yeah from my side uh, i th- just thought if you could at the end uh, give like an encouragement as well to those that maybe uh, see this whole topic like a heavy mm-hmm. uh, like heavy burden you know uh, have those uh, maybe fears or reasonings mm-hmm. in their lives and and uh, that maybe in some place in their heart they have tried maybe like uh, have some disappointed or mm-hmm. felt it more like a religious duty and, and kind of that experience 
could you just like maybe at the end uh, send like uh, some word of encouragement or yeah, yeah. Uh, what God has shown you uh, how to kind of get out of that place and, and continue yeah. the journey so yeah I don't know uh, yeah uh, oh that's great um, yeah I think that's a very common you know you feel very uh, you, you feel like you're a failure if you uh, if you don't you know see success um, but I think it's I think you have to realize that that it's uh, you know, it's God who gives, he gives life and he will, you know, you have to see sort of what I'm responsible for or when, what's he, what, what he is responsible for. And I think I would say probably just back, maybe if, if that's what you're feeling, maybe, maybe just take some time in prayer, just leave that behind and just say to God, you know, you, you know, I have this longing, but I'm also just really hurt and disappointed and just sad and just, you know, just you know, just be honest to God about that and just ask him to, to heal you and restore you and just, you know, start reading the Bible and um, then just, you know, take baby steps from that. And just, um, it's good to be, it's good to be with someone, you know, it's good to see if you can find people that have the similar heart, you can encourage each other. And uh, when you feel rejected or, or sad, or you feel that you're a failure or whatever, you know, you, the person can say, well, you remember, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, um, just remember, you know, who you are in Christ and just, you know, people join up with people, uh, but maybe just start with just asking God to show you how much he loves you. I think that's, that had, that has to be, you know, that has to be, you know, the cross that God loves us. It has to be the starting point. Um, uh, so it comes from a, a longing and not a, uh, not something we have to do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Helena, for joining us, and uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, watching or listening. Hope uh, you also find this beneficial as, as I have. And uh, next week, next Monday, we will be back and we'll talk about leadership then. And um, until then, have a good time. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.